It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? There's Donald. Airing it out. Deep ball. Separation. Caught. Robbie Anderson. Goodbye. Touchdown, Jets. The whole NFL is watching. A fourth and ten. And here they come. Make this pass. It's intercepted by Mosley. Maybe on the back of the cup. Bell breaks a tackle. Looking downfield, fires this one, and intercepted at the 34. Jamal Adams takes it away. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the Vivid Seed Studios, enter the promo code OVERTIME to get yourself up to 100 bucks off your very first purchase. When you download the Vivid Seats mobile app, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Jets-Cowboys pregame report. So for that, we turn to the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, this is going to be a very interesting game for a variety of reasons. I know you're looking forward to going because... You didn't go on the road to Philly last week. You really missed out on that one. It was a tremendous game. You didn't go out on the road the week before to Foxborough. You missed out on that one. That was highly competitive as well. So I'm sure you're looking forward to getting back into the swing of things and hopefully watching some much more competitive football this Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Yeah, you know, the thing with road games is typically I don't I don't travel, but I, you know if it's a close enough game, where I can drive, I don't have to go through all the process of flying like Philly and New England. I'd be I'd I'd be down to travel if if I thought it's a good entertaining game. No Sam Darnold means I ain't going to those games. Uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, hell, I might not go to the game on Sunday if Sam Darnold wasn't playing. I might not be willing to travel all the, that twenty minute drive to MetLife. Um, but Sam Darnold is playing. Sam Darnold is back, and I, you know probably uh take expect them to go ahead and get a a big win this week might be a little too much but i expect the game to be a lot more entertaining and a lot more uh enjoyable to watch so i am excited to go out there and watch them with this team that still has lots of other injury issues and lots of other um problems uh, holes in the roster but they will have an actual nfl caliber starting quarterback out there We're going to get into the injury report with Dr. Steven Stoller a little bit later. Also, Craig, my brother, is going to drop by to give his picks, including the Jets game. And, of course, we will get some weather from Ed Valley of Empire Weather. So all of that will give you a clearer picture of what to expect in the game coming up later today. But let's go through our keys to the game today, Chris. I think the first one, obviously, is Sam Darnold. How sharp is he going to be? The Jets don't necessarily need Sam Darnold to be the guy that he was against Green Bay and against Houston last year, but they definitely need him to at least be a solid, respectable quarterback. If the Jets had had that against the Eagles, they might have at least had a chance to be competitive. They didn't. This week against the Cowboys, a Cowboys team that, as we're going to get into in a bit, has some injury issues, has been reeling a little bit when facing better teams, and is on the road here at MetLife Stadium. This could be an opportunity for the Jets, but the number 
one key above all else is going to be, can Sam Darnold find a way to get back to somewhere close to where he was when he got hot toward the end of last season? Yeah, that's, I mean, we're going to go through other keys and there's little small keys. That is the big key. Uh, Just as we talked all training camp and throughout that this team wouldn't be able to survive if Darnold had to miss time. They're also not going to be able to survive if Darnold isn't, you know, 100% of what we think he's capable of. Um, and this was my concern about the possibility of playing him last week if they had just cleared him on Friday and then sent him out to play on Sunday. I, I feel much more confident that he's more ready this week than he would have been last week, obviously. But we still don't know how he is, how well-conditioned he is, how he's going to hold up how rusty he might be or might not be. <clears throat> That's These are things we're not going to know until we see it for ourselves. Uh, there's no way to know it without seeing it out on the field. So the key, it's going to be a huge key, is how, how much rust has he been able to shake off with these last two weeks of practice? Has he gotten his conditioning up enough? Um, that's all going to be a, a huge, huge key. And Again, he's behind this offensive line, which has been a problem. And one of, but when he's at his best, he can kind of work around some of that. He can make plays to make up for that. So it's not as uh, damaging to the offense as themselves. But that's when he's at 100%. So if, if he's not able to move around quite as well as he normally does, isn't as sharp as he normally would be, then that's going to hold him back. So they, if they're going to win this game, they're going to need him to be uh, you know, really close to that 100% of Sam Darnold. Unlike Luke Falk and Trevor Simeon, who are not mobile, Sam Darnold has the ability to still make plays if the offensive line isn't as good as we were hoping it would be in the offseason. And thus far, it has been way, way, way worse than we were hoping. It okay. looks like Coleccio Semele is not going to play for the second week in a row, which is fine because Alex Lewis actually was much better than him filling in last week. And as far as I'm concerned, if Lewis turns in another performance like that this week, he should probably just keep the job. But the offensive line is another key here. They don't necessarily have to be as good as they would have needed to be for Luke Falk or for Trevor Simeon, but they have to at least be passable. They have to at least give Sam Darnold time to work his magic getting outside of the pocket without getting killed. They have to be able to open up something for Le'Veon Bell, and I do think that Sam Darnold being effective throwing the ball is another huge key to that, which we just touched on. If he can get going a little bit, it'll open up some things for Le'Veon Bell because the Cowboys won't be able to stack the box the way that teams have the last couple of weeks to essentially singularly focus on Le'Veon Bell. But the offensive line, as is always, is a big key here. If they can do even a halfway decent job of blocking, which is not going to be an easy task. Let's remember, this is a team that has a pretty strong defense, including Demarcus Lawrence. But if they can at least be passable, you could see a Jets offense that might be watchable for the first time this season. Yeah, I, this offensive line still problems in that Dallas defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Robert Quinn, that they're going to be disruptive. Um, and you said it with Le'Veon Bell, uh, these last three games I mean the defenses had no worries no concerns about Luke Falk Trevor Simeon beating them so they just said we just have to stop Le'Veon Bell 
now uh, the Cowboys are going to have to focus a little bit more on Sam Darnold, which should open things up a little more for Le'Veon Bell. And they're still going to need the offensive line to do their job and help and open things up even more. But that should give Le'Veon a little bit more wiggle room. And then uh, Darnold should be able to give a bail at the offensive line, make a little more plays downfield, which will in turn open things up even more for Le'Veon. Um, so uh, there's just having Darnold back there, somebody who, who you know isn't going to be scared to pull the trigger, is going to be able to buy time with their legs, is going to help this offense uh, immensely. And it'll definitely – we've seen how good Le'Veon Bell's looked with everything stacked completely against him just to stop him. So this should give him a little bit more room to actually do some, you know, actual damage that can uh, against the opposing defense. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about the defense now. One of the major keys to this game is going to be the Jets being able to take advantage of a very banged-up Dallas offensive line. We know that when they're fully healthy, they're one of the best in the league, but Lael Collins and Tyron Smith, their two tackles, have been injured. They're still questionable. We don't know if they're going to play. Smith has missed the last two weeks. Even if they do, they're obviously not going to be anywhere near full strength. If ever there was a time for Leonard Williams to step up and for Quinnen Williams to have his coming out party, this would seem to be the week. And, of course, Jordan Jenkins coming back should help quite a bit, although they are going to be missing Henry Anderson. We will talk more about this in depth during the injury report with Dr. Stoller a little bit later. But that is going to be extremely important to this matchup, Chris. The Jets' defensive line, and to a lesser extent, Jordan Jenkins and the linebackers are going to have to find a way to put pressure on Dak Prescott. 
And since everybody talks about how the Jets do nothing but quote-unquote draft run-stuffing defensive linemen, this would be a fine time for these guys to stuff the run because, as we know, Ezekiel Elliott is a major weapon for the Dallas Cowboys. That passing game is nowhere near what it is without him there to take some of the heat off Dak Prescott. So if they can shut down Ezekiel Elliott, It's going to make life a lot more difficult for Dak Prescott. And then from there, if they can get some heat on Prescott with that banged up offensive line, they can make things even more difficult for Prescott. So hugely important that the defensive line get some push there. The linebackers are going to have to do their part with a returning Jordan Jenkins, but the Williams boys are going to have to earn their checks today. Yeah, absolutely. You start with that run game with Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously if, uh, if those two tackles for the Cowboys aren't playing, that's going to limit their ability to really dominate on the ground and in the air. But uh, they're going to have to make sure to stop Ezekiel Elliott in that offense. But uh, then you also got Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper on the outside, and we know that the Jets' weakness on defenses are those cornerbacks, and those are two guys who should be able to beat Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts pretty easily. So that's when you will need the big guys up front to step it up and get the pressure quicker and faster and get to Dak Prescott so he can't have the time to find Gallup and Amari Cooper downfield. Uh, or even, you know, God forbid you see uh, Devin Smith come in and catch a cut touchdown to, against this uh, in MetLife Stadium. So um, these are all – the Cowboys have a really balanced offense now. They've built it around Ezekiel Elliott. And that's what makes it run. But with Gallup and uh, Mari Cooper on the outside, they can definitely beat you through the air, especially when they're playing a team with the cornerbacks as weak as the Jets have. So they're going to need those big guys up front to both handle the run, slow down Ezekiel and the run, and make sure that they don't, the Cowboys can't come up with back breaking plays by beat, taking advantage of the Jets' weak cornerbacks. That's another key to the game that you just touched on, Chris. And that, of course, is the cornerbacks. Can they find a way to at least contain, to some extent, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup? Now, Amari Cooper has over 500 yards receiving and several touchdowns just in the first five games of the season. So now he goes up against a really weak group of Jets cornerbacks that may be even weaker than we expect with Nate Hairston questionable. We don't know for sure whether or not he's going to play. Then again... As far as I know, he was fine last week and didn't play anyway because Tremaine Johnson, quote-unquote, looked good in practice. Well, if Tremaine Johnson has to cover Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup at any point, unless the Jets get heavy pressure on Dak Prescott, those are going to be plays that burn the Jets unquestionably. So Greg Williams certainly has his work cut out for him, and that's going to be another key to the game that we'll get into in a second. That's the coaching. But first, let's talk about these corners. They're going to have to help them out with some extra safeties. They're going to have to find ways to get creative here, but they have got to find a way to limit what Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup can do, even with the handicap of having Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts, two of the weaker starting cornerbacks in the entire league. Yeah, uh, look, if, if we would had uh, the Jets offense with Sam Darnold completely healthy and Chris Herndon back and even gave them a great offensive line and Quincy Nunwa, then you could feel like, all right, maybe we could afford to get into a little bit more of a shootout with this team. Uh, you know, a couple plays, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup making a couple plays here and there, 
maybe scoring a touchdown or two here and there. The Jets could survive that and and possibly win, but they cannot survive just getting torched all game. And right now, looking at this matchup, the only thing that I can think of that's going to stop them from getting torched all game is those big guys up front uh, limiting the time that they have. Because how can I sit here and possibly think or expect a Tremaine Johnson to be able to cover Amari Cooper or uh, to cover Michael Gallup? And same with Daryl Roberts. I They have to come up. They have to double them. They have to do probably come up with some, uh, you know, cornerback blitzes and then pass them off. But then the problem with that is, is everybody going to stick with their responsibility and pass them off to the right guy? And then the guy that passed them off to is actually going to be there to take them and run with it. <clears throat> but that's what they're going to have to game plan specifically for that. I talk about this Cowboys offense is beat, uh, uh, built around Ezekiel Carter, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and it has been. But the the more damaging part of this offense for this Jets defense is those receivers. That's where they need to make sure, you know, if you're going to let uh, Ezekiel get a little bit more on the ground to uh, – to make sure you put the clamps on those receivers any more than that's probably the, what they're going to have to do. It's one of those pick your poison scenarios. And to that end, as I touched on a little bit, the coaching is going to be huge here on both sides of the ball. Greg Williams is going to have to find a way to scheme away from the team's weaknesses, most specifically the fact that they don't have a whole lot going on at outside pass rusher, but even more so the weak cornerback situation. That would have been way worse last week against the Eagles if Carson Wentz had taken advantage of some open receivers that he either missed or didn't see. That game easily could have been 56-6 last week if you go back and watch the All-22s or if you were there in person and saw the entire field the way I did. If Tremaine Johnson ends up having to cover Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup one-on-one and gives him that kind of cushion, you could be looking at a really long day if Dak Prescott has any time to throw. So the Jets are going to have to scheme creatively on defense, and that's going to be a tall task for Greg Williams. Although I will say, so far, the Jets have kind of been playing bend but don't break. Hopefully this isn't the week that they break, but Greg Williams has done a reasonably respectable job thus far with the defense. They have not been the issue. We'll see if that continues to be the case later today. And then on the offensive side of the ball, listen, we talk about Sam Darnold coming back, but as we've mentioned many, many times, one of the biggest reasons that Adam Gase was hired by the Jets was to work with Sam Darnold. And I know that it's his first week back after Mono, but... This is where Adam Gase is going to have to start to show you why the Jets had faith in him being able to take Darnold to the next level. He's going to have to be more creative with his game plan. I know that a lot of people got on him the last couple of weeks. We talked about this on the podcast a bunch. Joe Blewett has shown the film. I think at first, Gase could have tried some more things. Eventually, he tried almost all of them. They did not work. Having Sam Darnold here now instead of Luke Falk, he's going to have the opportunity to execute things that there's no way he would have been able to properly execute with Luke Falk. The question is going to be whether or not he can do that and get this offense on the right track. We've said that Sam Darnold did not look like himself in that first game because he was already operating sick. The next couple of weeks, Luke Falk, a half of Trevor Simeon, it was ugly stuff. But now, even coming back off the mono, we need to see 
what this Gase offense was supposed to be bringing to the table or what the Jets had in mind when they hired Adam Gase. The beginnings of that have to start against the Cowboys. We need to see more than just some dump downs to Le'Veon Bell or short passes to Jamison Crowder. You've got a quarterback who's able to make plays both inside and outside of the pocket. You've got receivers that have been getting open, but the quarterback hasn't seen them. It's time to start seeing some points put on the board Put up or shut up time begins today for Adam Gase. Yeah, again, we've talked about this. Adam Gase was hired to work to work with Sam Darnold and bring out the best of Sam Darnold. And Adam Gase has taken a lot of criticism over these first four games, but he's had three games without Darnold and one game with Darnold with Mono. Um, now, as I continue to say, that doesn't mean that you can stop criticizing Adam Gase. I, you can still nitpick and still criticize things that he's done throughout those games without Darnold. But we can't really judge him on this job when he was hired to uh, come in here and work with Darnold, and he hasn't had the chance to work with Darnold yet. We're going to need to see more now that Darnold is back and under center. Uh, one thing that we have to absolutely have to see more this week and going forward with the Darnold at quarterback is on second and long and third and long that Adam Gase isn't just going to call running plays and just be happy to punt the ball away. Uh, We need to see him be more aggressive in those types of situations. Be willing to let Darnold take some shots, shots downfield. Be willing to let Darnold make some plays. That's that's been my biggest criticism so far with Gase, as he's just seemed too uh, content to just punt away drives if it just doesn't get going right off the the very first snap on first down. So, and I still understood it a little bit more with Luke Falk. You can't be doing that with Sam Darnold. So he's going to have to do more. Adam Gase has talked a lot about this week. He was asked about. You know, Robbie Anderson, and he kept pointing out, Robbie's open. Robbie's been open. Robbie's been open this whole time. They just haven't been able to get it to him. And most of that's on Luke Falk. Um, but Sam can get it to him. So we should see more with Robbie. Uh, the, the unfortunate part of that is Robbie's really the only receiving option outside of Le'Veon Bell that they're, you know, the opposing defense is going to have to be scared or worried about. It is a shame Herndon's not back. <laughs> that would have been a huge boost to this offense to get Sam and Herndon back at the same time. But you can see, we have to see them attack downfield more, especially on those second and third and longs. Now, Chris, based on what we've said with our keys to the game, let's make our predictions here. The spread in this game as of the moment that we are speaking is seven points. It went down from 10 after the announcement came that Sam Darnold is going to be playing. It's amazing that Sam Darnold is only worth a three-point swing considering what the alternative was. But I think that the Jets will be more interesting on offense. However, I think that Dallas is going to be able to put enough points on the board to still cover this spread. I like them to win this thing by a final score of 30-20. to The Jets will score more points than they have with Luke Falk. They'll begin to start looking more like the offense we were hoping for. I don't know that they're going to be quite there just yet, but I also think the Cowboys are going to have no trouble scoring points considering how bad the cornerback play is and that the Cowboy passing game has been really good through five weeks. So I think 30-20 to is your final score, and the Cowboys end up covering the spread by a couple of points. I got a push. 
I'm going 24-17. I think the Jets' defense is going to hold up uh, fairly well, but then they're going to have, you know, two two or three drives where Dallas kind of just marches down the field. This is the thing. It's this Jets defense has been exactly the same for pretty much nine years. This is where we're just like, hey, they're playing better than we thought, but they're on the field too long. And overall they played pretty good, but they had two or three drives where they just completely broke down. Uh and I just like you said, I don't think this offense is gonna be there quite yet. Still missing too many pieces. Uh Darnold's first game back, I think you will see obvious improvements, uh, but I don't think that they're uh, going to be enough of an improvement for them to be able to score a ton of points or to be able to keep the defense off the field for a super long time. But I do think the defense will hold up uh, long enough that a 24-17 score sounds quite reasonable to me. There you have it. We both think that the Jets are going to lose. We both think that they're going to look better than they have the last couple of weeks. Chris thinks that it's going to be a push. I think that Dallas will cover, and we'll see what our lines expert, my brother Craig, has to say coming up in a bit when he makes his picks, whether or not he thinks the Jets are going to cover. Chris, as always, thanks for joining me for this pregame report. I'm sure we'll talk off the air during the game as usual, but we'll talk again on the air in a couple of days. In the meantime, though, I know you've got a lot of stuff up at JetsInsider.com already, and you're going to have plenty up right after the game too, right? Yeah, well, after the game, the well, Alan will put up the uh, quick hits, just quick, quick immediate thoughts after the game, and then I am going to basically just dissect Darnold's performance after the game. And then, you know, on Monday or Tuesday when I get the All-22, I will look at that even more. Um, obviously, depending on how the game plays out, there might be other storylines to focus on one way or the other. But I am definitely going to make a couple of days of just watching and evaluating Darnold and uh, Gase and what Gase and Darnold did together and working together, what worked, what they need to change moving forward. So uh, regardless of how the, the game turns out, breaking down what Darnold did in the game and how Gase and him work together is going to be a huge part of the coverage going forward. And then we'll, we'll see what else pops up during the game and run with that as well. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. So now you've heard our keys to the game, but what does our betting lines and sportsbook expert think about this? To find out, we bring in my brother, Craig Mason, who has been on fire lately with his picks both on teasers and with his individual picks. He's going to let you know in just a bit what he thinks about whether or not the Jets are going to cover this spread coming up later today. And he's going to give you his other picks to help you make some money on this Sunday. And if you're going to make that money, you should do it with the fine people over at mybookie.ag. If you sign up right now using the promo code OVERTIME, you'll get yourself your deposit 
doubled. That's right. They will match your first deposit if you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME. You can bet on the Jets game or any of the other games. In fact, the ones that Craig is about to talk about, you can bet on those if you like. Try and cash in on his wisdom. You can even do prop bets if you want. Even in this game with the Jets, you can bet on how many sacks Demarcus Lawrence is going to have against that terrible Jets offensive line. You can bet on how many touchdowns Sam Darnold is going to throw in his return to the lineup. You can bet on how many times I'm going to scream at Tremaine Johnson throughout the course of the game. Spoiler alert, if the over-under is six, take the over. You can bet on any of those things. Well, maybe not the Tremaine Johnson thing, but you can bet on the other stuff and more right now when you go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code OVERTIME. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. And with that thought, Craig, let's help people get paid over at MyBookie with your picks. We will get to the Jets last. We'll save the best for last. Let's start with your first individual pick this week. You've been on a roll. Let's see if you can keep on rolling. What's up, Scott? Just wanted to say before I get started, me and a couple of my buddies have used MyBookie.ag before. Solid site, like you said, a lot to offer there. So if you're looking to make some money, you want to try putting in some of my picks, put it in over there, MyBookie.ag. Anyway, let me let me get started. Uh, so my first pick is not going to be a typical one of my picks. This is actually really against what I usually do. This seems like a trap game, as I, I would call it, what the, the common is better like to take, but this one just seems too good to be true for me. I'm going to go with Seattle, minus one and a half at Cleveland. Like I said, it seems like a little bit of a trap. I mean, Cleveland has just not been good. Seattle's just a way better team. It is on the road, but I just, I don't know. I'm going to go with everybody else here and just take Seattle on this one, minus one and a half at Cleveland. The Browns are withering right now. There's an opportunity in front of them, Craig, if they can get their act together. But this is a tough task. The Seattle Seahawks are one of the better teams in the NFL. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league who's a legitimate MVP candidate at this point. If the Browns lose this game, things are going to start to slip away. They're lucky that the Steelers and the Bengals are non-factors this year, but they've got the Ravens to contend with. So I like your pick there because... Even though the Browns are desperate, I just think Seattle is the better team. What do you got for your second pick this week, Craig? All right, so my second pick, I really like this one. Kind of a shitty game, but I like the Broncos minus two at home versus Tennessee. Broncos, I neither. I mean, Tennessee's been all right. Broncos, I know they've struggled. I just feel like this is going to be a game that they play real well at home, and I think they they handle Tennessee pretty pretty easily. I just I know it's a strange game to pick, but I just I really like Denver at home in this game. This is such a strange one because I know Denver got their first win and the Titans have been up and down. They've looked good at points and bad at points. I kind of like the Titans here, but I respect where you're going with this because I think that the Broncos are a little friskier than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Before we get to the Jets, I know you've got a third pick this week. What is it? My third pick this week actually is going to be the Jets, believe it or not. This is actually my favorite pick of the week. Not being biased here at all, I mean, you guys might think I'm crazy, but you know what? To me, Dallas, the last couple weeks, they've been struggling. They haven't lived up to the hype. And I know the Jets, listen, they're withered with injuries, and we've we've seen what they've done this season. I think the crowd's going to be pumped up. Darnold's back. I honestly, again, you might think I'm crazy. I think the Jets win this game outright. This is my favorite pick of the week, Jets plus seven at home. I, I really like the Jets this week. I think it's certainly possible. We obviously have no way of knowing what Darnold is going to be capable of in his first game back. 
I think them covering the spread is not out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question that they win outright, but I think that's obviously a lot harder to do than just covering that spread. Craig, before we get to your teaser, you've got picks for the Sunday and Monday night games too? Oh, so I'm going to go, yes, the sun, the Sunday night game, that was one of my other picks actually. I, li- I like Chargers here. Everything is just unraveled for the Steelers this season. They're onto a third-string quarterback. I mean, it's almost been as disastrous of a season for the Steelers as it has been for the Jets. So I'm going to go with San Diego minus six and a half at home. And what about Monday night, Packers and the Lions? That's a good game. The Packers have been playing real well. Oof, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go with the Lions plus four. I, I, I know the Packers have been playing well. They kind of destroyed Dallas even with a late comeback last week. But, you know, I think I think the Lions have played pretty well this season. I see it being a field goal type of game. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Lions plus four in that one. I like both your picks there. I think the Lions are going to be really frisky here, and they've been pretty good so far this season. And the Steelers, especially with an unknown at quarterback, not that Mason Rudolph was going to do much against the Chargers. I just don't like their odds there. So I like the Chargers and the Lions in these two games, respectively, just like you do. Let's get to the teaser now, Craig, because you've had some teaser magic going on. Through the first five weeks of the season, you are 4-1 and one in your teasers. What do you got this week? Yeah, last, last week I got pretty lucky with a backdoor cover in my teaser, so I'll take it. But uh, this week I'm going to go with the Ravens, minus four at home versus Cincinnati. I mean, we all seen Cincinnati. They're, they're on a level with the Jets and the Redskins and Miami and all the other garbage teams, so I don't see any reason why... Ravens don't win this game by more than four points. And my other pick is going to be, like I said, my favorite pick of the week. I, I generally like the, if there's one game I really like, I like to add it into the teaser as well. And I'm, I hope I don't regret this, but I really like the Jets this week. So if I like them plus seven, I like them plus 14. I, I really, really like the Jets. So Jets and Ravens. Wow. So you're doubling down on the Jets this week, Craig. That's incredible. If the Jets burn you by losing and messing up your teaser and your picks, it's going to be a trifecta for you. So let's hope that they come through for you. Just to review your picks one more time, Craig, you've got Seattle giving points to the Browns. You've also got Denver giving points to Tennessee. You've got the Jets with the points against the Cowboys. Then for the Sunday and Monday night games, you've got the Chargers giving the points against the Steelers. And you've got the Lions getting points from the Green Bay Packers. And then your teaser, which is where, knock on wood, I hope this continues, your magic has been going strong. You have the Jets plus the points, and you've got the Ravens as well. So those are the tips that Craig is giving you if you would like to try and make a few bucks this Sunday. Craig, as always, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate you sharing your wisdom. For anybody that would like to get in contact with you about betting, about poker, or about anything else in life, maybe some nice recipes or something that you guys could share, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly the greatest chef, but if you want to hit me up for some recipes, go go ahead. But uh, cmace86 at AOL.com is my email. Craig Mason on Facebook. And yeah, send me, send me a message anytime. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Now let's take a look at the injury report, courtesy of our expert on all things medical. He's a 35-year orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Steven Stoller. Dr. Stoller, welcome back. Good to have you. And I guess this isn't going to be as long of an injury report because 
Some of these weeks we've had like 16 guys to talk about. This week it's single digits, which is nice. But I do want to do a refresher on Sam Darnold because there seems to be a little bit of confusion. There are people that are saying Sam Darnold is risking his spleen here, even though he's medically cleared, that he is in danger of some sort of real major injury. To the best of my knowledge, if the spleen is normal size again and he's medically cleared, he's no more at risk to have an injury to that spleen than he would be otherwise. Is that correct? You know, Scott, first of all, Scott, thanks for having me on again. I, I think listening to sports talk radio, almost all the opinions are coming from orthopedic surgeons, or I haven't heard any that are coming from infectious disease specialists. So, you know, I think that all of our opinions are really just a little bit more educated opinions. I would think that once the spleen has um, returned to normal size, then it would be unlikely or less likely to be ruptured. But, you know, keep in mind, Chris Sims had a ruptured spleen, and he did not have mononucleosis. So it could happen, you know, in a regular blunt trauma to the uh, upper abdomen. Um, as far as Sam Donald returning, I think the question for me would be his conditioning because I think he's only been able to do aerobic conditioning for about two weeks. And I don't know if he's done any strength training. So there's the possibility that you could see during the game that he may have increased fatigue. Um, I would hope that they would have tested for his uh, VO2 max and what that demonstrates his ability to have oxygen going to the tissues throughout his body. And that can be done through a complicated um, calculation. Or from what I hear now, the Garmin um, watches that, you know, calculate a lot of the physical um, portions of activity will give you an indication of your VO2 max and it's pretty accurate. Um, the other thing that I would be interested in is um, how long it takes for him after a high exertional activity for his uh, pulse to return to his normal resting pulse. And so those are two things that would interest me before having him return. So I think that if you see him um, like after he gets sacked and he gets up slowly or he's making poor decisions that are not characteristic uh, to him normally or his passes look like they're um, not as accurate or doesn't have enough speed, then those would be signs that, you know, he's probably has residual fatigue from the mononucleosis. So I, if those tests are not normal, I probably would have kept him out another week uh, for that reason. But if the tests are normal and he's cleared to return, then he shouldn't be in any extra danger, right? I would imagine not. But, you know, again, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgeon and I do have knowledge of this, but I think an infectious disease specialist would really know the best. And I haven't heard any information from any of them. So, um, my feeling is, yeah, I think he can return. 
Let's talk about the rest of the Jets' injury list now, and we'll start with the guys that look like they're not going to play. First of all, C.J. Mosley. At first, it was a week-to-week type of thing, and we expected him to be back in short order, but this is now multiple games that he has missed. We're not entirely sure when he's going to be back. This is a groin issue. It seems that this is much more severe. Can you talk to me about what this injury could actually be? Oh, yes. Um The groin injury means that the tendon that inserts into the groin, that inserts into the thigh bone, um, has been, in his case, uh, partially torn, but probably to a significant extent. And once it's torn, um, in general, for the body to heal it, there's an inflammatory process. And after the inflammatory process, there are cells that go into the area that start um, preparing for the tendon to heal. And it forms scar tissue before it reincorporates into um, healthy tendon. So once it's past the inflammatory stage in the scar tissue, the tendon and muscle tends to shrink. Um, So you have to work on stretching that area to prevent that. If you stretch the area too much, it will irritate the scar tissue and it'll become inflamed again, which slows down the process of healing. Same thing with strengthening. If you strengthen it um, too vigorously, too quickly, it will irritate that area and slow down the process. So it's a very careful uh, rehabilitation that um, has to occur. Now, if perchance, you know, an athlete or, you know, the medical staff would give him an anti-inflammatory um, to reduce the pain because it is very painful, that can reduce the inflammation and slow down the healing process. Now, it, my feeling is this, that in order to make the, the diagnosis that I'm sure an MRI was performed or an ultrasound, And in those tests, it would have uh, delineated the severity of the tear, which has to be pretty large. Um, So it's, I can't say it's controversial, but there's studies, some show that it doesn't work at all, and some uh, show that it does work. But in my practice, I've used a lot of stem cells. So under an ultrasound-guided injection directly into the tear, I would have um, injected stem cells. And that, you know, can reduce the rehabilitation time by um, augmenting the healing process. But that's just, you know, one thing to consider. But, um, you know, his delay is because you have the difficulty in, rehabbing a large tear. Doc, let's talk about Henry Anderson. You had some really interesting insights about this when we spoke before we started recording. What's going on with that injury? Well, Henry Anderson has a grade one AC separation. And the AC joint is on the top of your shoulder where your collarbone inserts into the shoulder. And it's held together by ligaments, And directly on that area, like if you put your finger where there's a bony prominence on top of your shoulder, that's where the joint is. 
So a first degree means that the capsule surrounding the joint has been injured and not completely torn and the ligaments aren't torn at all. So, you know, generally it's treated symptomatically. So if he's without pain, he probably could go back to return. So, you know, depending on where his, you know, status is, his joint could be injected with a long acting Novocaine, his shoulder could be taped to um, hold the joint into place and reinforce it. And then on top of the joint, um, extra padding could be put underneath the shoulder pads directly on the AC joint that would um, reduce any shock, uh, you know, when he is uh, hit in the shoulder in that area. So, there is a possibility it could play, but, you know, that would be up to the medical staff and the Jets to d- decide that. Let's move on to Coleccio Semele. Second week in a row that he's not going to be playing. There was an improvement with Alex Lewis on the offensive line, but that's a whole other discussion for another time. As far as Semele and the injury go, what's going on there? You know, I really don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard reports that it's his shoulder um, there, there's no evidence that I know of of any structural uh, damage, um, but it must be more significant if he, they're keeping him out again. And I've also heard that he's injured his knee, and again, there's no structural damage. And then I don't recall exactly where I read it, but I also read in addition to those two injuries that it's listed as an illness. So I don't really know exactly what's going on with him, but there are multiple reasons for keeping him out. And the final player that is listed as doubtful for the game later today is Trenton Cannon with a foot injury. Um, He has a foot sprain, and they don't specify where exactly it is. Um, The the tissues around the foot in particular, because it's a weight-bearing uh, every time you take a step, obviously, or, you know, run, you're putting a lot of pressure on the foot. So the ligaments are very uh, strong in that area. I One of the things that I would think that is possible, because they're not saying it's his toe or his ankle, that the tissues underneath the foot that um, originate from the base of the toes and they all uh, collectively insert into the heel. And if you look at your foot, there's an arch, and the bottom of that arch has a tissue similar to a bowstring on a bow. So every time you walk, you're pressing against that bow that's pulling the bowstring. So if enough force is giving, you can tear portions of the fascia then inserts into the heel or it would be like a partial tear of the bowstring. And because you walk on your foot, you're always stepping on a very painful area. So that's something that could be possible with Trent and Cannon. And now on the bright side, looks like Jordan Jenkins is going to be back. He's listed as questionable, but he's said to be trending in the right direction. What's that injury been like and the recovery, too, for Jordan Jenkins? Well, I guess you could uh, ask Kevin Durant, because when Kevin Durant was kept out 
um, prior to rupturing his Achilles tendon, he had the same injury. So um, the injury in the calf is usually in the, where the muscle and tendon are connected, and it's usually uh, it, uh, painful. And again, in order to rehab it, you have to wait for the inflammation to calm down before you can stretch it and start strengthening it. So it sounds like he's probably um, as much less pain. The range, the, the range of motion has come back, and I'm sure some of the strength has come back. So um, he'll probably uh, return to play wearing a compression stocking or a compression uh, a band around his or sleeve around his calf. And I would think that if there's any concern about it, it tightening up while he's playing that he may be on a stationary bike um, when he's off the field. So um, that's what I would look for. Demarius Thomas, this seems like a nagging injury with his hamstring that could continue to persist throughout the rest of the season, but it seems like he's going to play through it. You know, my opinion, I've mentioned it before in the other podcasts. I think that the reason why this is taking longer and, maybe even a recurrent problem is because again, he's only nine months or 10 months uh, from a, an Achilles tendon repair and the strength can't be a hundred percent in his uh, Achilles tendon. So he's going to have some muscle imbalance and when muscle imbalance, you put stress on other parts of the joints and other um, muscles that have to compensate for the weakness. And I think that's probably what's occurring here. That he probably has, you know, maybe what's called a subclinical um, finding, unless you really test him accurately. But if you see him, you know, walk or run, you may not notice a difference. But I'm sure there's some form, maybe slight, of a muscle imbalance that may be irritating his hamstring. The other two players listed on the injury report are Josh Bellamy with a shoulder issue and Nate Hairston with a knee issue, but we don't know any specifics on that, so obviously Dr. Stoller can't really talk about it. But, Doc, thanks so much for dropping by and enlightening us on these medical issues. As always, really appreciate it. If Jets fans want to get a hold of you and interact with you about this or anything else involving the Jets or boxing or whatever else, maybe Jamil McCline, your buddy, who is going to get inducted into the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame, how can they get a hold of you? That's true. They can get a hold of me on Twitter, on uh, uh, Stephen Stoller, MD, or on The Aging Athlete, and I'd be glad to answer any questions you have. And Scott, pleasure as always, and I'll speak to you next week. Thanks, Doc. Looking forward to talking to you again next week. And now let's finish the show off with my buddy Ed Valley, the CEO of Empire Weather. He's got a weather forecast not just for the Jets game, but all around the league. So, Ed, why don't you go ahead and tell us what's going to be going on weather-wise on this fine Sunday afternoon coming up. Thanks, Scott. Meteorologist Ed Valley here from Empire Weather, LLC. Giving you a weather update for the for the week ahead of football. And I tell you what, it's funny. The only, the only real important game weather-wise was actually Thursday with the Patriots and the Giants. And you could tell if you watched that game that weather really did have an impact. We had... The wind, it wasn't really so much the showers, but it was the wind. It was really wreaking havoc in the passing game, and I'm sure, I know I was very happy that the victim of that was Daniel Jones. (laughs) So, yeah, the rookie quarterback really struggled here on Thursday, and and 
obviously the the New England defense is fantastic, but I really do believe the wind had something to do with that. Um, now, as we move into Sunday, the Jets, I'm going to start there. They're playing at home, back in MetLife Stadium, 425 kickoff. I tell you what, if you're out tailgating for this one, absolutely gorgeous. I think we're having probably one of the best football weather Sundays we've had in the longest time. I mean, it's it's going to be right around 70 degrees for your tailgating, depending on where you start. If you're like me, start a little bit earlier, um, usually out there mid to late morning. Um, probably going to start off in the upper 50s, and then through the midday into the afternoon, we'll rise right on up near 70, a beautiful day. And I tell you, for the game, we're looking at a kickoff temperature right around 70, and really no wind concerns with this one, so hopefully Sam can get out there and, and actually throw some passes beyond the line of scrimmage. Um, and really, I, I think weather shouldn't be really an issue for this game. If you're out there at the game, make sure you bring those sunglasses. It's going to be a sunny one. And otherwise, around the league, there's really not much weather concern. The only other game I would keep an eye on here would be uh, the Monday night game. Lions at the Packers. Could be a couple showers around, really not thinking it'll impact gameplay too much. Same deal goes for actually the London game this week. The Panthers playing the Bucks starting at around 9.30 Eastern time here. So that's actually during the afternoon in London. And it looks like we could have some light rain around. And again, I don't think it's going to impact play too much. But I would just keep an eye on if you have any players on the Panthers or the Bucks. That's all I got for this week. Go Jets. Back to you, Scott. Ed, thanks so much. Great job, as always. If you're not following Ed on Twitter, you really should. He's at Ed Valley, V-A-L-L-E-E-W-X, and also at Empire Weather, W-X. If you want to know what's going on weather-wise in your area or anywhere else in the country, Ed is a must-follow, and if you want to interact with him about weather or the Jets or anything else, you can hit him on Twitter. But he is the best in the biz when it comes to weather forecasts, so I'm really glad that he is a part of the Play Like a Jet pregame report every week here on the show. Thanks again to Chris, Craig, Dr. Stoller, and Ed for joining me. Don't forget, if you enjoy the show and you haven't done this already, if you could go ahead over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that would be awesome. It doesn't take you much time. It doesn't cost you any money, but it really helps out a lot, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.